Welcome to Hey Ass Butt. Keeping it sensual. Yeah. Or rough, like roughly sensual. I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe that. Gruffly sexual. It's like getting a wet willy from like a black cat in a cowboy movie. Oh, this got a really. What was that metaphor? Ari's bringing out her fursona. Persona. She likes that Western persona play. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Obviously gone off the rails immediately. I'm gonna take a sip of my water to clean my insides from that comment. (laughs) Then I'm gonna take a sip of my coffee to get them dirty again. Oh man. Hey, um, listeners, I want to know from y'all, would you like an ASMR channel where it's just Ben, Travis, and I taking our bare feet and crunching up a bunch of sprinkles? Let us know on Twitter, at Avcast. Let us know in the comments below. Yeah. <laughs> like, comment, and subscribe. Come, come get on our, our YouTube channel where it's just our bare feet going munch, munch, munch. Yeah. <laughs> subscribe to our OnlyFans for even more content. Yeah. That's where our bare feet gets in jello. <laughs> yeah. Some slime, think, oh, too. God. I feel like, can we agree that, like, jello is definitely a sex food? Fuck yeah, it is. Well, okay. anything's a sex food if you try hard enough. Like, I would yeah. shove my dick through a stack of pancakes. If there can be miracles, <laughs> if you <laughs> Look. Ben, is the sexiest food you can think of pancakes? No, that's just something that's been on my mind ever since Ron hey, tweeted about pancakes the other day. Oh, that's right. You take a pan. Look, I made some pancakes the other day that were stacked, and I mean that in the hot way and in the traditional <laughs> pancake way. And let me tell you, if I had a dick that didn't detach from my body and wasn't purple, I would absolutely get in there. I wouldn't. Fuck That's Ben's pancakes. sick fetish. That's not me. <laughs> um, Listeners, let us know what food you would fuck at Habcast. I mean, I took that. Pi- I took that picture of that French omelet with cheese that I made. Mm-hmm. Oh man, oh, would you, you fuck that omelet? That was. I mean, it was a good looking omelet, wasn't it? <laughs> you want to know a secret about the picture of that omelet? Yes. It was actually cake. Get no, <laughs> no. Less things are cake. Not everything's cake. Tr- no, okay. It look. was cake. Every yeah, ev- everything I make is actually secretly a cake. I've been oh, watching God, a lot of ASMR food videos. Um, not safe for work. Just gonna go in and put that out there. And uh, I got recommended one where this woman made onion cake and was just, but they looked like real onions, and I was like. Okay, we've gone too far. We spent so much time wondering whether or not we could. We didn't stop to think whether or not we should. And we should Wait, just so put it put it down. So it was a cake that looked like a real onion? Y- yes. It were several Whoa. there were several onion-sized cakes that looked like onions. How did you get a picture of my birthday cake so far in advance? Okay. <laughs> You're getting nothing this year. Uh, I don't think you know how much I love onion. You know, I think it's obvious that the cake boss has become much too powerful. Yeah. yeah. 
he's got to be taken down a peg because everything is cake now. He can't be boss of it all. <laughs> what if he's made of cake? What if he's, he's just the, the cake l- boss? But if everything is cake, that makes him the boss of all, and I don't want that. We're, I don't want that guy to be my boss. He's the cake boss, and we're living in his pastry world. I'm sending you guys a picture of the of the of the cake. Are you how are you, are you sending it through Discord? You mean the onions? Oh, I mean the onions. <laughs> yeah. The onions. Also, I fucked up taking the the screenshot. So, if you want to see this woman's onion cakes, go to YouTube. Type in ASMR eating realistic cake onion edible Master Chef topping board Oreo cake. Cutting mukbang and it's ASMR Mag UK. And go go do check you, out her shit. Do you need to be above the age of eighteen to watch this? I mean, Bruh, well, who knows? Oh, like we haven't all watched porn before the age of eighteen. Come on. <laughs> I'm just saying. Since we're I'm just I'm just asking if we need a warning. That looks oh, like a real ass onion. I need the shit out of like it. That looks like onion? a flaky ass real onion. Hell yeah, Bitch, right? Yeah, that's the All realest right. onion. Since we're already off the rails and speaking on sexual stuff, let's make a deep cut joke. Did y'all ever oh, watch God. Cake Farts? Yeah. No. Why would I watch that? <laughs> curiosity, morbidly. I don't know. Fuck. Yeah, mostly because of curiosity. First yeah. of all, that's so wasteful, right? I think it depends I mean, they on the cake. Eat it. What? They eat the cake. They do not eat cake. Sometimes they do. You got to pay extra, but sometimes they do. Jesus Christ. We deserve 2020, honestly. Like, maybe I don't deserve 2020, but humanity as a whole does. No, this is not a recent thing. Cake farts have been happening for, like, Yeah, I know, and look what it's brought us to. Yeah. God, okay, so for those of you who don't know, cake farts are... Don't don't describe it it to them. It's self-explanatory. Is it self-explanatory? You know what? If someone who's listening right now doesn't know what cake farts is, have yourself a nice, relaxing evening. (laughs) Search for it through Bing because Google is pussy. You know what I'm saying? Like you get you get way better results looking for stuff through Bing when you're looking for stuff like this. Send them to Bing. Yeah, no, it's what I use. I recommend it. I don't. I wouldn't advise it if I didn't use it. Whatever you do, do not just Google cake farts and then go on the first Reddit link you see. <laughs> That's way too specific to not have happened right now. <laughs> Somebody has posted a video of cake farts and then yeah. followed it up with, why not throw in a cum omelet for good measure? Oh, God. <laughs> and then put a timestamp on the onion omelet part. <laughs> No, hey, shit. um, what the fuck, Reddit? <laughs> hey, Reddit is fucked up if you try hard enough, or even if you don't. But... Jesus. <laughs> Alright, so I searched on Reddit for cake farts, and the top post I found is just a quote that says, That smell. A kind of smelly smell. A smelly smell that smells. Smelly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's probably the best SpongeBob quote for what we're talking about. Hey, do you want a shirt that says "Cake Farts for Life"? You can get it on Amazon. No, I'm good. Okay, well, I'm just making sure. You know what? I want to buy that shirt for Scott. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I want to. I'm gonna message Scott. Really, like, hey man, what size what size shirt do you wear? 
Don't worry, Savvy listeners, I hope he calls the police on you. Savvy <laughs> listeners will remember our friend of the show, Scott Eason, who's been a guest twice. Yeah. He was a guest so nice, we wanted him to be on the show twice. And um, in both the season one finale and uh, the uh, fairy episode from last season. And mm. he has a joke about cake farts. And I don't remember what the joke is. And also, it'd be rude of us to tell it on the podcast. So just, I don't know, go see Southeastern comedian Scott Eason when he rolls through town. Remember that mm-hmm. name. Look him up. So, and maybe he'll tell that cake fart joke. Yeah. So, and yeah, then when yell. you see him, be like, hey, I didn't like your hot take on Misha Collins in the fairy episode. And <laughs> he will be like, shut the fuck up. I don't, why are you talking to me? And um, actually, I don't know if he'd say that. He'd probably be very nice. He's, he's he probably like, would. He thoroughly enjoys talking about Supernatural. God, like the first... argue with him. Just argue with him, please. No, <laughs> <laughs> You'll be oh, there for damn. 10 hours. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I feel like we've gone off the fetish rail long enough. I think, like, we were here to actually talk about our creative process. I had more and fun talking about the other thing. Yeah, but this is kind of how comedy works: is yeah. just uh, baiting yeah. the bushes and seeing what comes out. Yeah, this is my creative process. Yeah. We're talking about um, how we write jokes, jokey jokes for audiences, not yeah. y'all. For audiences. Well, so, I feel like. I, sometimes I work on stuff, and it's like, ah, that'd be better if I tried to say it on the podcast, and I try to shoehorn it in. Yeah. Most of the time, it's about you, Hakusho, but still. I definitely <laughs> I definitely have had some jokes where I'm like, this is never going to make it on stage, so I'll share it on the podcast instead. Oh, hell yeah. Mostly because well, they're too half-formed to, like, you know, to work out, really, at an open mic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that because there's I feel like there's different forms of comedy. Oh yeah, that we, that we work on. You've got like on stage, you've got stuff that's funnier in person, just like comic to comic or in a group of comics. Sure. Stuff that's better in text, like on Facebook and like a written down or in a tweet, perhaps. And then stuff that's funnier just on the podcast and when it feels like it's stream of consciousness and totally I not. Was doing a show in Lafayette. Um, earlier this year in like january which by the way fuck y'all fuck (laughs) y'all for being so hot it was so hot and it was my birthday and i was in lafayette and i was wearing a sleeveless dress and i was dying and i sweat everywhere it was disgusting um louisiana is a sin okay so i was in lafayette and i was doing the show and i got up on stage and it was at this like bar like outdoor brewery place and so I'm on stage and I turn to the audience or I turn to these two people in the audience because my set's going okay. And I'm like, hey, did you guys um, know there's going to be a comedy show tonight? Or did you see the microphone stand go up and panic? And the comics lost their minds <laughs> and the audience did not get it. But as comedians... <laughs> There's always that one audience member, especially at like bar shows and restaurant shows, where you walk in and you're like, oh, I'm about to ruin some people's night with my dick jokes. There are, there are, especially in restaurants, there are always people who are like, we're just out to have a good time. Oh, is there a band tonight? And then they see like one microphone stand go up and they're like, 
fuck, we gotta get out of here, man. <laughs> yeah, because you don't see a DJ bringing his shit in. It's gonna be yeah. somebody who's sad, trying oh, to make you laugh. <laughs> oh, this is thrilling. Just a bunch of... Is, we're just gonna have a nice ambient music while we eat our jalapeno. Oh, no! <laughs> There's a woman here, and she looks sad in the eyes. <laughs> Not all comedians are sad. Some of the best comedians are very well-adjusted people, and one day I'm going to be one of them. <laughs> so, if you believe in yourself, anything's possible. But yeah, that just... So, um, do y'all have any jokes that are like, oh man, the comics are going to lose their fucking minds when they hear this, but everyone else is like, no, fuck you. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I think sometimes, like it, stuff like that, just happens to me. Mm-hmm. I don't realize that it's going to be now. I've, I've sometimes I look at it. I'm like, yeah, that's going to be something that's great for comics. So it's going to be great for a mic, but it's not going to be good for a show. Yeah. Because some people are like. They're aware enough to, like, laugh via context clues, Mm -hmm. but they still don't get it. Yeah. Like, I had a joke that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It's about geography. It's like uh, everybody likes to say that Alabama is a backward state, but Mississippi's facing the wrong way. That I mm. fucking love that joke so much. I, I th- love it. It's so dumb, and I love it. But uh, yeah. a guy I've known for a couple of years, I've I, I don't like he's not from Alabama. I think he's from like South Carolina. Nick Alexander is his name. He's somebody I would love mm. to have on the podcast. But I had told yeah. it like the second or third time in front of him, and he came up to me and he's like, "I heard you do that joke at Broken Record," and. I still don't get it, and I feel insane. What the fuck does it mean? And I pulled up a map, and I was like, and I said, "Look, all right, you see how Georgia and Alabama are going that way, and Mississippi's going that way." Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Oh, you," and he he wanted to hit me, but he's like, "You fuck, you damn dirty fuck." <laughs> um, yeah, that I love. I love jokes like that. Yeah. So how do you, how do y'all write jokes? You sit down, you take out your quill pen and your ink pot and your parchment made of human skin. And then you, you get to town, right? And you're thinking to yourself, so, no. set up punchline, set up punchline. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would do if I were writing a bathroom joke book for dads. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bathroom joke book for dads is my next comedy album. I mean, yeah. that's, the, that's the formula, though. I mean, you might... Okay. It, it is the formula, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's how a lot of people do it. And I feel... I don't know. I feel like that's just a way to churn out stuff. And that's what you kind of have to do, is like just keep churning out stuff to get to mm-hmm. the gold nuggets. Ben, that's not how I the, like to do it, either. Ben, you of the three of us have the most jokes that are set up punchline, though. That, that's not how I write, though. That's not how I create oh, jokes. Well, yeah, yeah, that's not how I write either. Yeah. But uh, um, I just drink I also a lot of caffeine. Yeah. I also don't have an ink pot and a quill pen and paper, parchment paper made of human flesh, just to be clear. I do I've, have a joke notebook that I call my human flesh book um, because <laughs> it looks like it. Yeah. It looks like two pieces of skin that were sewn together. Oh, savvy listeners might remember that was also my season two <laughs> notes book. Yeah. I still have it, and right now I, I write jokes in it. 
so hell yeah um but i i want to go ahead and get this off of my off of my chest and i feel like yes, y'all um might disagree with me or agree with me but so the the formula for most successful jokes are are set up punchline basically yes. right you set them up and then you knock them down. I'm not like yeah. blowing anyone's mind here. The longer the joke, the more punchlines there need to be, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't necessarily have to be punchlines, but they can be stuff that gives you a break from talking. And if it can get you a good like pop, yeah. where you can take a breath and like recenter yourself, that's fucking awesome. Like I'm just that. I'm just saying that there needs to be balance. If the setup's super oh, long God, yeah. and there's not any like little jokes in, sprinkled in there, then if people are going to lose focus and you'll get to the punchline and it's just like, I mean, it's not see, worth it. Yeah. Y'all have seen it happen. Have you ever told yeah. a joke and been like, okay, so here's what happened. Uh, a priest, a rabbi and Bill Clinton walk into a bar. Well, okay. So I should say Bill Clinton, but it's actually 1991 Bill Clinton, you know, back when he was still fresh faced. So, oh, also we're way off of before nine 11 anyway. So, um, they walk into the bar and then someone goes duck. Like the setup's too long. Yeah. Oh, the setup's muddled and everything, yeah. Now, yeah. like, uh, I can you trace that back to bad. my first mic that I ever did. And, like, I had one joke. You both mm-hmm. know what it is. It's the oh, panda yeah. story. And it was what I like to call the director's cut of the panda story. <laughs> because it took me, like, I think six to eight minutes to tell the whole thing. Yeah. You basically used however much time was allotted for the mic. You used your whole time to tell that one joke. I know. I told Tate, I was like, look, man, I've got one joke. I don't know how long it is. Uh, uh, you'll know when I'm done. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but then you cut yeah. a bunch of that joke out, and it's, it's better now. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I cut it down to like three or four minutes now. Maybe I can tell it in two to three. Mm. But... Yeah, it's just figuring out where to put punches, what to cut, how to say right. things, and shit like that. Like, yeah. What? Well, so one thing I've been focusing on for writing lately is efficiency of language. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love this. Like economy of words. That's something I've really been trying to hone in on, especially in these quarantine times where I've been like coming up with premises and and trying to like figure out ways. So like, oh, yeah. here's one. Here's one hot off hot off the grill. that um it's basically just like a premise right now it's a one-liner pretty much but uh it's being deaf in one ear is just as frustrating as it sounds that's great no i i get it (laughs) yeah (laughs) i do know another super terrible thing about having friends that are comedians is that they don't laugh at things yeah exactly they say they're great that's because we're all dead inside and we don't know how to laugh anymore I haven't laughed in 37 years. Yeah. Um, I haven't laughed since the Tiger King arc of the quarantine two years ago. Yeah. yeah. It's been so long yeah. since I've laughed at something. Mm. I've forgotten how. Yeah. Um, it's... <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so you'll be at an open mic and, like, you'll do your set and there's only comics there and then no one will laugh at your shit and then, like, two people will come up to you afterwards and be like, I liked that joke. Uh, yeah. No, I liked like, that I, joke you had about butt sex. <laughs> have y'all ever worked in Knoxville? 
Yes. I love oh, and I, I hate not. it. It's hilarious. I did 10 minutes and it was, I think it was at Scruffy City. Uh, so in front of me, it was all comics. And then above me on like a balcony, it was just a bunch of like pedestrians or civilians, you know, regular mm-hmm. people. None of the people in front of me were laughing. All the people like in the balcony were. Huh. And those people couldn't come down and talk to me after the show. But, like, none of the comics left. They were dead fucking silent. Nothing. And then they all kind of just hounded me after my set and were like, damn, you were funny. I'm like, well, like, you could have shot me and I would have known. Like, yeah. <laughs> fuck me. Dude, I lost a crowd so fast in Knoxville, it would give you whiplash. Knoxville kind of has the same problem as Florence in that if you go... If they feel like you're too against men, they can they'll kind of shut down. I think. I don't think my comedy is very against men. Yeah, but men are fragile beings. <laughs> Travis, what jokes do I have that are anti-man? Um, let me think of every joke you've ever told. <laughs> Fuck up! You are lying. <laughs> Guys, y'all know that I love men. My dad's a man. Two of my best friends are men. Really? Who are they? (laughs) (laughs) Set them up. Knock them down, baby. Got them. Oh, man. Here's what I like to do, right, jokes? I like to drive around in my car and talk to myself. That's that's that is honestly my favorite way to write jokes. Is yeah. I get in my car, I drive, I drink an energy drink or old coffee that's been sitting for a day or two, Gross. and I just what the fuck? Think, Gross. I'm oh, sorry. Damn, you can just make cold brew. I yeah uh, yeah. Half of what I'm drinking right now is old coffee from like yesterday. So yeah. But that's just how I write. It's just you know you drive, you relax, and you just let your mind wander. Or I play like something mindless like Rocket League or Diablo and just think. And then I just bust into my mom's room and say random jokes and see if they're funny or not. Like I did the other night. I just walked in and I said, heartache is like hemorrhoids. Uh, At first it's horrible. It's the worst pain imaginable. But it gets a little bit easier every day. And then one day you just forget it was even there. That needs a little work, buddy. Yeah, it does. Like the hemorrhoid in my ass. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that needs a little work, too. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's um, that's that's just how I air out jokes right now. It's just I scare my mother. It's just like, oh, what's yeah. up? Dang. I never thought I'd reach a point in my life where I miss open mics, but here we are in the year of our Lord 2020. There's mm-hmm. apparently like a, a New York talent show every couple of Mondays, and you get five minutes to do whatever the fuck you want. And you just gotta be able to like live stream it and do five minutes. I'm gonna do magic tricks, and then this is gonna be playing the whole time. It's just gonna be being me like, <laughs> except I'm gonna play that from my mouth, right? No Get music, you, just me being like, one of those EDM machines where you can record your own loops. And then start like making your own loops like that, and then just start doing magic in the middle of it. Yes. <laughs> I've never done a successful magic trick in my life, but I did own a book of magic when I was 12, yeah. and I I slept with it under my pillow so I could absorb it by osmosis, so I'm pretty sure that'll work out. I believe it will. See, I did my first magic trick when I was about that age as well. 
Mm. Yeah. Uh, my will to live disappeared. Oh, shut but then, the fuck sh- up. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't see that one coming, come on now. <laughs> so, I did. The minute you were, the minute you took a breath, I was like, he's going to say some nonsense. <laughs> Oh, God, Ben's going to say some fucking nonsense again. Yeah. That's uh, that's been my mom's reaction every time I've gotten behind a mic or stood up in any situation. Well, (laughs) joke's on you, Ben. I'm your mom now. (laughs) Drink some water and clean your room. It's already clean, and I got water right here. I've been putting the fun in funeral since I was four. I'm rolling my eyes right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. the creative process, just throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. Oh, boy. So, yeah, comedy's fun. Comedy hijinks. Um, yeah, if you want to come see the fruits of our labors when shows start up again, we'll do them. Yeah. One day, just like pawing against the glass of the window, <laughs> looking out like you're dreaming of a microphone stand and the stool with a free cup of water. Yeah. My favorite part of comedy is the stool with the glass of water. Mm-hmm. That's from a tweet. I didn't write that. It's not a bad point. I can dig it. Yeah. yeah. I do feel like... I love the drink I... tickets you get. You know, I saved, I think, my first drink ticket. Of course, I spent the second one. But, uh, Your first one ever? Fir- yeah, I saved my first one. Dang. Yeah. Because I, I was too nervous about getting too drunk. Yeah. I use all my drink, drink tickets always. And then sometimes people will just hand me their drink tickets because they don't want them. And then I go, oh, boy. <laughs> Brojo, please. Yeah. yeah. I, um used to say that I would use drink tickets and then get a little tipsy and then use that nervous energy to bring me up on stage, but my psychiatrist told me those are the habits of an alcoholic, so I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or at the very uh, least, the... I'm not saying it anymore. <laughs> yeah, the minute you say you use alcohol, doesn't matter for what, uh, it's, it's immediately a crutch and immediately a sign of substance, substance abuse. Great. Uh, yeah, I'm. So. I'm doing fine. Yeah, it's fine. Hey, Ari, I believe in you. Thank you. Oh, it's not speaking, your fault. Speaking of a joke that's not going to make its way up on stage, um, <laughs> or rather, I attempted to tell on stage, and then it didn't go well, and I did it twice, so I gotta stop telling it now. Um, my psychiatrist told me that he thinks I need to go to AA, and I said I can't because in AA you have to give it up to a higher power, and I don't believe in a higher power and you know i don't believe in god i'm an atheist and he said well you know it might take some work in the deep south but you can you can absolutely find someone to help you and and when they say higher power they just mean something bigger than yourself you believe in something bigger than yourself right and i said how can i when i am god but i'm (laughs) (laughs) thank you all they do is write shit down yeah. And then he wrote, then he made a lot of notes in his notebook. And I was like, yeah. great, I'm going to be a zombie. God. That's reminiscent of the last time I had to see a new doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like last year, my specialist, uh, he 
quit his job as a registered nurse to pursue to pursue his dream as being on like some sort of like anti-smoking board and which totally did nothing to my uh his fucking dream. separation separation anxiety like this dude would spend like at least 10 minutes and it got less and less uh every time i saw him like harping on the dangers of smoking because a i was so young and b i was so young and c look at me um smoking but, cigarettes or smoking yeah, at weed? smoking c- cigarettes he really didn't care about weed i brought it up like once or twice he was like look that does, from the studies i've done and seen that doesn't do a lot of damage to the lungs in fact it has a lot more benefits so whatever he's like i prefer you if you eat it and i was like so do i he's like well that's funny um <laughs> but so he left to be on that board and i started seeing a new doctor and she's going through the normal new doctor questions and it's all like a first date because you don't know how real you can be. And so right. she's going through the question. She goes like height, weight, and then asks about exercise. And then she says the following, do you? And then she looks me up and down, makes a note, and then goes, do you smoke? <laughs> you see what's missing. <laughs> I was like, God damn, I feel profiled. <laughs> It's like, first of all, spot on. I don't know what you wrote down, but still, spot on. But it's just, you know, sometimes stereotypes exist for a reason, and fuck it. But, yeah, it's crazy what some doctors just feel totally normal doing. Yeah. And I've seen her four times, still has never asked me about drinking. And I find it hilarious every time she doesn't do it. Um, I mean... Look at you. I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. It's like, yeah. fuck. Consume alcohol responsibly, kids. Don't use it as yeah. a crutch. Yeah. Hey, speaking of, I, I kind of want to ask this question to the listeners, and please let us know on Twitter, at Habcast, your real thoughts. This is an actual question. This isn't me being like, at us to get our deep cut ASMR videos um, where we step in jello, like the dirty minxes we are. Um, so we have an explicit tag on this show for obvious reasons. Hmm. It's because we curse a lot. We talk about naughty things. Talk about drugs. We talk about drugs and sex and rock and roll. But sometimes we put an extra trigger warning on things when we talk about things like abuse. Suicide. Yeah, Suicide. Uh, basically, I guess, like, the extra bad things, you know? Yeah. Because, like, I don't really see drug use as, like, a moral failing, right? I just see it as, like, a thing people do. Um, yeah. uh, but when we talk about, like, I guess what we're saying is we put potential trigger warnings on things. Mm-hmm. Um, we're about to hit a part in the show where we're going to be trigger warning the crap out of everything. And I guess, do y'all find that helpful? Would you like it if we added timestamps to where you could skip what we talk about? We'll try to keep it, like, in one section. But y'all know how we get off topic and then get back on topic violently and and randomly. But this is, it's about, I guess what I'm trying to say is that there's some stuff that we have historically put trigger warnings on that is about to become very relevant to to the second half of the show. 
And I just want to let y'all know that and also let us know how would you how would you like us to to tag it so that listeners are properly warned. Um, mm. I think typically in the past we're just like we don't really put timestamps on it, but we're just like warning this episode contains discussions of blah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so so let us know and we'll we'll make it happen. So all right, well probably ought to tweet that too. Yeah, we will. Travis. Yes. This episode is called Hello Cruel World. Hello What's Cruel it about? World. Hmm. So Sam and Dean have found Cass because they were looking for him. And Cass has been depowered again. Except this time, not only has he been depowered, but he's also, his vessel has been aged to be 99 and a half years old. Good for him. And now they have to help Cass navigate the world as an old, 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 old man. That's it. Oh, okay. Choke me, angel daddy. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, um, let's find out. All right. We're back. Yeah. Uh, I really liked this episode. Me too. It was a very good episode one for season seven. <laughs> it was. It was oh. a really good way. I, yeah, I, I really do wish that last episode was the season six finale and this episode was the opening episode. I agree. I mean, in their own fucked up way, that's how it is. Yeah, that's true. Because it really, like, it introduced the new new big bad mm-hmm. um and i mean yeah i just i it had it had more of a episode one feel than even the last episode did hell yeah it did i mean we see uh, the the at least the species of the new big bad and we see the second in command for the big bad and that bad this motherfucker's bad ass yeah. enough as it is because we get like a really cool like a T one thousand vibe, mm-hmm. like the dude from T two Judgment Day. Yeah, he from can him. like fucking sif. He can just fucking push himself through metal walls and shit. Yeah, he's just a fucking tank, man. This episode is almost everything I kind of wanted the first episode of season six to be. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when we were recording the first episode of season six and no. seven thousand years ago? Yeah, ten before quarantine. Um, do you oh, remember God. when the sun used to hit our faces in the light? Okay. Uh, <laughs> the first episode of season six. I remember talking about how we wish the status quo had been changed. Yeah. And at the time, we were talking about on a much larger, larger level than than what happens in this episode but this episode the status quo changes at least for our mains in a pretty big yeah. way oh definitely um and yeah i'm, I'm with y'all this episode is 
excellent. I mean, it is just stellar. There is some sphincter tightening moments with our leads. Um, God, it's so good. Yeah, I I really liked it because it it really brought us back to like seasons one and two where Sam and Dean aren't the baddest thing on the block. Yes. Yeah. Like they they get knocked back down to level one again. Yeah. It's like, you know what it's like? It's like in, um, (laughs) this is going to be a very, not obscure reference, but pretty pretty out there it's like playing the dlc and deus ex human revolution exactly where you lose all your shit yeah okay <laughs> that's pretty I much know. exactly what i was thinking it's like when a they new make season you, yeah they strip you of all the power-ups you've gotten throughout the whole yep, yep. game uh can y'all put this in zelda terms <laughs> it's like it's like when the new zelda comes out it's oh like, no no! It's it's like going. It's like playing the game a whole bunch and then finding out about that one island that's the the yes. temple. Oh yeah, what's that yeah. called? The island out there that's the challenge where you have to get rid of. Uh, it takes all your stuff away. Yes, to get the shrine. Yeah. I forget what it's called. Yes. It's like ever ever clear or something. Yeah, even time. clear. Some shit like that. <laughs> no, you know, normally when I have ever clear, it's a it's a different kind of blacking out. <laughs> Yeah, but um, so Supernatural last season had a big problem with raising the stakes, um, Mm -hmm. to the point where I actually think that they should have, and I don't know how this would have worked out, and maybe I'm just a crazy person, but I actually think they should have like not raised those stakes so much and made it more of an internal conflict. With, like, yeah. how are yeah. we going to kill Cass because he's our friend, but we can still do it, slash, or how are we going to defeat Cass without killing him, despite the fact that he's taken, you know, the highway to crazy trains. Um, right. And then also um, maybe, like, had some more, like, hell PTSD, which this episode definitely delivers on. Yes, oh God, it yeah. Where, does. Whereas last season, the opening to season six, it was, like, kind of felt slow and, like, having to get through a bunch of paperwork before you get to the fun stuff. Season seven yeah, is off really to was. the races. Um <laughs> This so far this season is what season six definitely should have been. But Travis yeah. did raise an excellent point a minute ago. Every season after season five is just a new DLC. Every arc is just new DLC for the yeah. show. It's yeah. like and new expansions for World of Warcraft. It's exactly. Just like- yeah. Like I feel like season six tried way too hard to continue a very harebrained story that wasn't very there and very yeah. poorly thawn and drawn and drawn out. Yes. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, I've seen some criticisms that the Leviathan kind of come out of nowhere and there's not a whole lot of setup for them. And that, they didn't come I out mean, of nowhere. They came out of cast. Six- <laughs> Season six was their whole setup. Season six was their whole setup. Which is, it's like the whole, all of season six was just a setup for yeah. the Leviathan. Yeah. Ari, do you remember that joke you used at an exam- for an example in the first part of this episode? That's what season six was like. Oh, the, the rabbi and the Bill Clinton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, just a very 100%. muddled setup. 
but okay, a very so, fair punchline. Uh, Grandpa Campbell comes back, and we don't know why. And oh well, hold on. Let me explain to you who Grandpa Campbell is. So um, he's uh, the Winchester's uh, maternal grandfather, and it turns out he's also Hunter, but he died in season five, kind of. And um, no, that was season four. Sorry. Anyway, so uh, where what was I talking about again? Oh yeah, the mother of all. She's um, the mother of all monsters, and her whole thing is that she's gonna eat humans and um she like creates she she creates uh lame new monsters and uh uh god i haven't even gotten to the civil war yet fuck this has gone off the rails yeah this is (laughs) that feels pretty apt i I had a conversation with uh, a a comic friend of ours last night i was talking about the whitest kids you know i was like you know what the first few seasons are really awesome but then they still they keep trying to shoo in the civil war thing and if it had just been its own thing it would have been awesome as fuck yeah but because of how they tried to shoehorn it in it was just kind of shitty that's that's what season six was like yeah it was um but but here there's focus we're not like distracted by a million different plot threads you know yeah. that are just going it's not like ooh piece of candy ooh piece of candy yeah exactly it, it's it's we're here the leviathans are here you know we're here we're, to queer we're ready to get nasty yeah we're dealing with it's some the... we're dealing with some bad thing effects so yeah. people get thing vibes when they open their mouth yeah. <laughs> Are the Leviathan uh, the power bottoms of <laughs> Purgatory? <laughs> With holes like that? Yeah. Um, I feel like this, as far as this last two episodes of this season has gone so far, compared to season six, it really shows that less is more. Yeah. Yeah. Because with season six, it was all over the place. And with these two episodes, there has just been A plot, B plot. Yeah. A plot, B plot. And they feel like much more satisfying episodes because we get the A plot, B plot, Mm -hmm. B plot, and and maybe it has to carry on to other episodes, but we at least get a slight resolution per episode. Yeah. Yeah. To continue into what needs to be the major resolution so far. Mm Mm-hmm. There, and I, I really like how it's been paced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This episode... Um, okay, so I do have a minor complaint. Okay. So one of my favorite, least favorite tropes is our... Especially when it happens at the end. Well, okay, I guess technically last episode was the season opener, but we're going to go ahead and say it was the season six and a half. <laughs> so especially when it happens at the end of a season... Um, our our heroes our villains got our heroes dead to rights right it's how are how are these bad boys going to get out of this one um i don't like it when that situation is set up and then the resolution is the bad guy just walks out you know what i mean yeah so what happens is last episode ended with Cass. He's he's all Leviathan cast. He's possessed. He's dripping black goo. That's you know bad news bears, and and Sam's off, d- being harassed by um, hallucination Lucifer, and mm-hmm. uh, you know Cass has got Dean and Bobby in his grasp. He can kill them at any moment. That's how last episode ends. This episode opens 
with Cass just walking out and not killing Dean and Bobby. Yeah. And the explanation for this is he's about to explode and he needs to get out of there now, which is better than some of the scenarios I've seen, like how they've been resolved. Um, but I, 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 I just don't like it because it just, it feels like, you know, a, when a Bond villain just monologues. At, yeah, at I James do. Bond. I do get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But minor complaint overall, the episode is great. Um, my all my favorite scenes were when Lucifer was doing some shenanigans. Though that to me oh, were the absolutely. scariest oh, yeah. parts of the episodes. The episode. Oh yeah, we do get like a good like mental or body horror vibe from that entire scene. Oh my god! And I did like how we saw like a really awesome duality. Like we see like see early seasons Dean where he's just like, I don't give a fuck about you and your mental health or bodily health, Sam, fuck you. And then we see like new Dean, like Dean, Dean's growth as both a brother and a character in where he's like, let me show you how I manage my own problems that are, that are eerily similar to your own. Squeezing Sam's hand. Okay. The scene where Dean is like, you have to make that bedrock number one. I am here. I yes. am your support. I got a little yeah. choked up, man. Yeah, it was, it was like, what, God, it was, was so it, good. Was it the most emotional that we've seen Dean where he's <clears throat> not punching something? It's yeah. the most emotional we've seen Dean where he's not punching something slash not like shedding one manly tear over <laughs> a loved one's death. Slash performing percussive maintenance. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, I want to talk about this is the B plot that Travis referenced earlier. Um, Lucifer's back or is he? Right. Or is he? So last episode, we see Lucifer pop back up in Sam's head and we're like, what's going to happen here? And yeah. um, the first scene with Sam and Lucifer, I just have to talk about how it looks real quick. Uh, the walls are green. Perfect. Mm -hmm. So sickly. So wrong, you know? And, and they're kind of giving off this like green ambulant, ambient light. And it's just like... Blah. And then they yeah. staged it to where, so you know how in season five we would get scenes where Sam and Lucifer, um, they staged it to where Lucifer would be higher up than Sam or in mm. scenes where like Sam was about to say yes to Lucifer and they were equals bunny ears they would make mm -hmm. it so it looked like Jared Padalecki and Mark Pellegrino are the same height but bitch we know that Jared Padalecki <laughs> is like th three feet taller than everyone in the fucking cast. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, this scene, especially Mark Pellegrino, who I think is a pretty—he's like five ten, I think. Yeah, he's a shorter yeah. dude. Um, and levels in in scenes between the characters matter because people who are taller in you know or at a high, at a higher at a greater height are seen as the dominating people in the scene so they had to frame the shots to make jared padalecki look small and they did uh, oh i lied mark pellegrino is 6'1 okay he's still like 
a full two feet shorter than Jared Padalecki, who is <laughs> eight ten. So <laughs> all tall people look the same to me. Um, but yeah, Ben and Travis are the same height in my eyes, and I know intellectually <laughs> Ben is taller than Travis. Yeah. Right. Oh, by a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah just a little bit. Distinguishing features. Um, <laughs> But yeah, they they made Mark Pellegrino an imposing figure, which is not the easiest thing to do because look at him. Yeah. Look, well, look I mean, especially especially when he's sharing the screen with Jared Padalecki, who is a giant. Oh, he's yeah. beefy and he's got a deep voice and he's broad-shouldered. You know that man could just you know that part in Hercules where Hercules like breaks the measuring tape because that's how big his biceps are. Yeah. Yeah. All I'm saying is you could have that scene with J Pad and I wouldn't not believe it happening. Um <laughs> But yeah. I think it I thought a very clever part with that scene is when uh fake Dean and Sam are going into that uh office building. Yeah. It says Morning Star Industries or whatever. I started watching Devil's Advocate again yesterday mm-hmm. and just all of the shoehorned in, like forced, ham fisted, hey, this is a religious thing. Yeah. Uh, throughout <laughs> that entire fucking movie. I was like, Oh yeah, I see what you're doing there. This is how to do it more subtly and a little bit more chill and I really appreciated yeah. that. Uh, Devil's Advocate is basically Al Pacino going around being like, I'm the devil. Pretty fucking much. <laughs> For like two I am hours. Satan. Yeah. That's not as subtly as a brick to the face. <laughs> hey, yeah. I'm going around Fuck. being Satan. Man, fuck your wife. I don't, I don't know. What happens in that movie? It doesn't yeah. matter. Um, Pretty much. Fuck. God. And then. Every instance after that where Lucifer is just hamming it up. Okay. Yeah. So I... That's... that's Even in shows not super, that aren't supernatural, that's what uh, Mark Pellegrino fucking does. Oh, he, Like, even in fucking Burn Notice, he mugs like a fucking champ. Mm-hmm. Mark Pellegrino is such a good actor that he's able to come across as, like, goofy... And he makes jokes, but then the way that Jared Padalecki plays off of it is that I never once doubted that this is a threatening presence, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that's a fine line to walk. You have to convince the audience that this guy who's being like, yucks a minute about terrible things, to be sure, because he's making a bunch of like rape jokes and yeah. which we'll get into in a second um mark shepherd does a good job of that as well yeah san pal definitely somebody else we meet later on in the season does it beautifully yeah and then also handsome jack from borderlands 2 he does a good job of that as well yeah he's he's being quippy and he's being funny but he still comes off as like this threatening you know scary yeah. presence and i think that that's in part due to the fact that Mark Pellegrino is just great, but also I think uh, Jared uh, Padalecki does a really good job playing off of that. And mm-hmm. like, I don't think the scenes would have worked as well if he, if if uh, Jared Padalecki had done like a disaffected thing, you know, where he's trying not to let it bother him. Like he's scared, and I, I think that that really sells it. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Well, I think a be- the one of the best traits a villain can have 
is being able to make you laugh while a knife is to your throat. I mean, I think that's the worst trade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my point is, is that uh, Jared's or Sam's not laughing. You know, this is oh, real yeah, to yeah. him, right? Yeah, yeah. We're maybe I don't know. Is laughing the word? It was more like uh, it was more like a little <laughs> <laughs> what the like fuck? when you see a really clever meme. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think uh, about Lucifer being back, Travis? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I loved the whole like, is he there? Is he not there? Um, the the way he really like got into Sam's brain because he's already okay. there, but like I was even questioning for a minute. I was like, "Oh man, is this like is this, is this- a, another huge twist in season in season seven? Is this like Sam is secretly back in hell and we found uh and we've just been so it basically." <laughs> Basically, in my mind, I was trying to make any reason to have season six not be legitimized by being oh, like, yeah. oh, it was all just Sam hallucination because of Lucifer. <laughs> just a fucking figure for dream. Is yeah. Sam Pellegrino Tyler Durden? I mean, maybe. In some ways in this episode, yes. Yeah. Oh, like it's, less I just loved how... No, you're not wrong. But um, it's I did thoroughly enjoy like the... Uh, the trippy like mind horror mm-hmm. body horror kind of deal because it's yeah. very like the latter half of fight club oh god i completely forgot because it's been so long since i've watched i watched this episode the first time i completely forgot about the moment where lucifer's like there's only one way out of this and it's you know point that gun at yourself basically no. mm-hmm. oh yeah skip to the end of the book and go yeah which is probably one of the best gun onomatopoeia noises i've heard in media in a long while yeah um a lot of really good dialogue this episode from lucifer mm. um dean has a couple of really great lines i'm gonna go ahead and bring up the imdb and see if i can just quote them verbatim um but uh he uh I will say, and again, minor complaint. Everything I have here is just the minorest of minor complaints. But I actually do kind of have mixed feelings on Lucifer returning. And admittedly, these mixed feelings become more mixed later on, I guess I'll say. However, um... While I do enjoy Lucifer's presence in season seven, I think that there's something that gets missed by the fact that, um, I think there's something missing from the portrayal of him in season five, you know, where he was like more conflicted, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's something missing. I think I'll be able to talk about it more later once we see more of Lucifer. Um, mm-hmm. Although I will go ahead and say in an article, or I read an interview with Mark Pellegrino once who said that he always believed that Lucifer in season seven was actually real Lucifer sending hallucinations to Sam from the cage. Hmm. And not just a straight hallucination. So interesting. interesting. Something to consider. 
Mm-hmm. So. Oh, here's the line from Dean that I really liked. Um, in the last, well, almost last scene where uh, Sam is like, has his gun out and Lucifer has taken him to the warehouse and is impersonating Dean and like really making Sam feel trippy. And Sam's just like shooting the shit out of everybody. And the real Dean shows up and he, mm. he sh- fires his gun at the fake Lucifer. And Dean goes, <laughs> Whoa, Sam, this discussion does not require a weapons discharge. I That's one of Dean's <laughs> best lines in a long time. I thought that line was great. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Oh, God, that last scene. That's how I want Sam and Dean's relationship to be all the time. Yeah. Just Sam shooting a gun at him all the time. No. No. <laughs> no. no, that's not what I want. Come on. Um, what I want to happen is I want uh, Sam and Dean to to be supportive of each other and, like, understanding when there are these sort of like mental breaks. Yeah. Because um, there's a scene earlier in this episode that I feel like contrasts with the scene where Sam is supportive. You know, um, basically what happens in that scene is to get rid of the um, Lucifer hallucination, uh, Dean like presses the cut that Sam got last episode when he cut his hand on glass. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes Lucifer, like, blink out. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a good effect. Yeah. And and that's where Dean's like, I am your brother. I'm the only person who gets to kick your ass. Um, you believe me. Don't believe Lucifer. You are here. This is real. Mm. That, to me, is a, a much better way to handle the the um like what's happening with Sam right now and earlier in the episode Dean gets mad at Sam for not discussing his like PTSD and not telling him about it and the Mm -hmm. fact that he was starting to hallucinate and I just want to say Dean that's you yeah (laughs) yeah you were that bitch in season four do you not remember well, like the big thing is, is what's my, what we hate in other people is what we often hate most in ourselves. Sure. But I'm still with you is that in that Dane should communicate more about his problems. Yeah. They all should. Yeah. This, this we sh- all should. Supernatural could just be renamed emotionally stunted the show. And that would be, <laughs> you know, that's murder. Oh, it's not right? called that. Yeah. Okay. Right. Men not talking about their feelings for 15 seasons. The show. (laughs) (laughs) Men with anger issues not dealing with it. Get some fucking therapy. God. (laughs) When we remake this show in 10 to 15 years, can we please have a supernatural therapist? Please. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Would it be better if it was Gabriel, Balthazar, or... Oh, no. No angels are allowed to be supernatural therapists. (laughs) They get their license taken away immediately if they sneak in. All right. So it's going to be Meg 2.0. 
<laughs> no supernatural creature. It's going to be Jody. Uh, Jody is going to be the supernatural. No, wait. No. We're not going to put it on a woman to fix all these men's emotional problems. That's sexist. Okay. We'll, we'll get Dr. Phil. <laughs> we'll write a new character. Or Mari. Um, we'll write a new character, and they'll be like a non binary, like demon dominatrix who just takes care of the business. Yes. Could also, yeah. I like this. Some sort of ephemeral being. Also, their name is Carrie. I've got an idea. Yes. We'll use the empty. It's, it's not going to I don't know if you I don't know if I I don't know if you've met the empty yet, but it is a very interesting concept. I've met the empty. Travis has not met the empty. Oh yeah. Well, it's so far in like in the future. I didn't feel bad bringing it up. Yeah. Like that the empty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you got it, the Travis. The empty. Yeah, Travis. I want to hear more about your thoughts on this episode. How did? What did you think of Jody coming back? Uh, I didn't realize it was Jody until she said her name. <laughs> <laughs> the show knew that, Jenna and Mills. that's what she I, said her name. Yeah, times. I a hundred percent forgot who she was. Yeah, I saw her in the episode and went, "That's uh, that's definitely a woman <laughs> in is- a hospital." And then until she called Bobby and was like, it's Jody Mills. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. She made reference to the first episode she was in just in case yes. we forgot who she was. And I just want to I say. Mean, and you, it worked. Thank you, Supernatural. Yes. Thank you, Supernatural. Because I would have been incredibly lost. Because the same thing happened to me when um, the sword lady popped back up in season at the end of season six. When oh. she talked to Bobby and was like, Bobby, you're a monster fucker because uh, you fucked me one time. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the curse of the Winchesters and those associated with them. And like, I totally forgot who she was. I did not realize that she was the same person who gave Dean the sword until you said it in the episode we recorded about that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think Travis though. looks at women the same way that Ari looks at men. That is not true. (laughs) No, but I mean, that's valid, though, because the sword lady was in one episode and then didn't show up for like half the season in which 10 million things happened and then was like, oh, actually, I have all the answers. And we were like, what? You? Her? (laughs) God. Oh, my God. How have we gotten through like... 30 minutes of conversation and not mention the fact that Cass dies in this episode. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was something that happened. Cass is dead. <laughs> Straight up fucking pops. I'm sure he's gonna be dead forever. Yeah. I did like, was it was it the beginning of that scene where he died where it, uh, they played the Doobie Brothers song? Um... <laughs> I really like that. Part. No, I think that was right after it. <laughs> oh, okay. The black water part. So Cass. Yes. Uh huh. Cass walks into the worst. Well, possessed Leviathan. Cass walks into the worst place for him to go, which is the like the local municipal water supply. Yes. God, this episode could have been an ad for bottled water. Just like, don't drink tap <laughs> water. Drink Deer Park. Get the taste of water that's been filtered through somebody else's mouth. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, 
I'm never going to drink tap water again, just in case I get possessed by black goo. Right. Well, see, that's why I have one of those filters in my fridge. I just fill it up from the sink, oh, dude. and then it filters, so all the black goo stays up and top, and oh. I get good clean water in the bottom. Does Britta filter out supernatural primordial creatures yeah totally probably right before they put the filter in the packaging they smudge it with sage oh okay (laughs) they put like a devil's trap in the filters and yes uh you'll never get that's why they're circular we're not sponsored by deer park or britta just so you know we should be god why also i know that we we're probably going to have like one listener because you said Almond Brothers, right, Travis? I said Doobie Brothers. Oh, you said Doobie Brothers. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. They I know my cool. brothers. Yeah, you do. I know my brothers. Almond Brothers, Doobie Brothers, Winchester Brothers. Yeah. Credence Clearwater um, Brothers. Yeah. Uh, Zeppelin, brothers. Zeppelin Brothers. Mario Brothers. Yeah. Um, Alabama brothers. brothers. Yeah. Luigi. <laughs> Luigi Brothers. <laughs> That's the best one. Um, oh, fuck. God, I always played Luigi because he struck me as the older brother and I'm the oldest. Of the yeah. Way. Is he the older brother? I don't think so. He's, He's the, the younger, younger brother. brother. Oh, whoops. But he, in, us, in but Super Mario Brothers 2, he also has the better jump. Well, yes. he's taller. Yeah. And thinner. Well, he's got a floaty jump. So. Yeah. It turns out Italians can jump. Is he Italian? What? Are the Mario yes. brothers Italian? They're Italian. Yes. Right? Well, Italian so. brothers. They're Italian American at the least. Yeah. Italian Americans. Italian Japanese, I think. <laughs> Fun fact: <laughs> Did you know that Mario was based off of a Nintendo's like landlord in like wherever they started out in America? Yeah. Nintendo's yeah. landlord, like the company. No, when they were like renting. Like at their office space oh, in America, okay. I believe. Yeah. Some landlord was like, "All right, I understand your pipes are busted from the freezing, but I'll take care of it in ten to twelve million years." So, no, that's a super, not a landlord. I'm kidding. Uh, it's a bad super joke. Mario. <gasps> All right, yeah, that was a fucking. That was a uh, Al Madrigal. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> I think um, we can all agree that Cass is definitely going to be dead forever. Oh, a hundred percent. He's never going to come back. Like, uh, applause for Misha Collins for his last last episode of Supernatural. Yeah. He's definitely not going to make it a hundred more episodes. Yeah, congratulations, Speaking Misha of- Collins. You did a good job on this show, and we appreciate your service. Yeah. <laughs> He also just texted me about voting in Alabama today, so that's speak of the fucking devil. I guess his ears Misha were burning. Collins what? Misha Collins? Yeah, you can. You? Yeah, you can sign up for this feature where Misha Collins can text you about stuff. Oh my god, ask him what he's going to do after Supernatural. Oh no, he won't. He will not respond. What? Like unless you like do other stuff, he will not respond. Oh like god. he'll he'll like accept like yes or no stuff. To questions, but I feel like it's all automated. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, it's definitely right. fucking automated. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do think he has like some direction in like how stuff is like sent out and when it's put out. Ask him what it was like to eat that um, tofu mixture from uh, My Bloody Valentine in season five. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> Ask him what it was like to to eat hot vegan fake raw meat. Uh, 
It's probably as gnarly as that dish where I think you... It's something to do with, like, eels and tofu. I'll just see if I can find it and I'll send it to you guys. But it's super weird. It looks kind of tasty, but it looks weird. Your mom's eels and tofu. How about that? Would you guys I'm like sorry, some... Sorry, Ms. Jackson. I am for eels. Oh, my God. Never meant to make your mom cry. <laughs> okay, so um, I just looked at the trivia on IMDb, and do you want a fun fact? Yeah. I always want a fun fact. During the scene when Cass starts seeping with Leviathan blood, actor Misha Collins was violently ill and had to throw up between takes. Nice. Isn't that great? Mm. That mm. is wonderful. So, <clears throat> was he ill because of the seeping, or did he just show up to work sick? I think he just showed up to work sick. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. That always sucks. Text Misha Collins and ask him what it was like to film that scene and had to take breaks yeah. to throw up. <laughs> and ask him what special effects they used to make his Leviathan blood seep out of his eyeballs or whatever. He just sent back unsubscribe. <laughs> You don't get texts anymore, Ben Tyke Miller. Who are you? <laughs> Stop asking me questions. Oh man, I. Um, what did you think about the tiny child Leviathan? Uh, was the tiny child Leviathan the one that was like in charge, or was it just a different? The, Who was the one that was in charge? It was that a little was Edgar. Girl, yeah. The yeah. tiny child Leviathan was um, uh, Edgar, played by Benito Martinez. No, 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 mm. not the tiny child Leviathan. The main Leviathan, or the one in charge, or the second in command, or whatever. Um, he has been in Sons of Anarchy, American Crime, How to Get Away with Murder, 13 we Reasons Why, uh, the, the, the Leftovers, so he's been a lot of stuff. He's a little, you know, character actor. Yeah. yeah. So he is a demolitions expert, which is how he knows to blow how to blow up uh, Bobby's house at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. I I thought it was interesting in general about the Leviathans is that they came into the world having never like experienced it. They don't know anything about humanity, mm -hmm. but they know how to like take over the bodies or whatever. Um, mm. but I did like how they had to take over bodies and like experience something to some degree to try to understand yeah. what it's like to be human, to blend in. So the little, because I, the little girl who watches Dr. Sexy MD, God, imagine <laughs> if you are like, okay, imagine if invasion of the body snappers, snatchers happens, like, today and one of the aliens gets all of its information on the medical system in the u.s from gray's anatomy oh god god they never get anything done that show no. is addictive shonda rhymes is a genius um so the little girl is olivia Steele falconer and she's been in an episode of the good doctor um looks like she was most active in once upon a time that like big Disney crossover show. So. Oh, yeah. Anyways, that little girl definitely died. Yes. So that's that's thrilling. She did. Um, well, do you think they run the bodies as ragged as demons do? 
I think they, yes. I, well, they don't really, okay, so they don't possess, because sometimes they don't oh, yeah, possess. yeah, they just transform, yeah. I mean, they did, okay, so the little girl was possessed, and um, Edgar was possessed, but then later they transform into the doctors, to, into the people, and then eat the people. So, yes. They don't have to transform. They, they can, can basically do whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or they don't have to possess people, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. Also, two of the, the Leviathans possessed a swim team and then, or two members of a swim team and then killed the rest of the swim team. Yeah. So. Fuck. I completely forgot about that scene because the, uh, was it the coroner or like probably somebody there investigating the scene oh my says, gosh, he says we had some NC-17 sh uh, for shiz natch yeah shiznizzle <laughs> no because oh it wasn't shiznit but it was some like amalgamation of that word yeah because I think some exec was like look we can't say shiznit because everyone knows that means shit we have to change it to something else yeah. it's like that meme of hey you can copy my homework but change it a little bit so it doesn't look like it's copied <laughs> guys gals and non-binary pals please welcome back the inappropriate medical professional <laughs> this person is we usually played by a white dude and extremely inappropriate about dead bodies yeah. usually in it's front like of what? other people <laughs> They're a staple of every single procedural crime drama, and they are terrible. Yeah. So, we've all seen it. That's why I got kicked out of being an EMT. God. You kept making inappropriate jokes about the dead bodies. I kept taking my sunglasses off and saying funny shit. <laughs> yeah, that shit is hilarious. And then my partner would do, oh yeah! I, again, I've used God. this joke before, but it's just the stereotype is like, you know, they take off their glasses and it's like, sir, a teacher's died. And it's like, well, I guess school's out forever. And I'm just like, yeah. sir, someone is dead. Please stop talking <laughs> like that. They were human. They had friends yeah. and family. And Alec, Alice Cooper never asked for that reference. Right? <laughs> God. Oh, damn. This medical professional, I, just once in one of these scenes, I want Sam or Dean or Bobby to be like, um, what the fuck? <laughs> Stop talking like that. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you can't just say shit like that. Their families are here and they're crying in the corner and they just urge you. There's a really great episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine that has to do with this concept. Because Boyle starts going to see a therapist about his like inadvertent sexual like things that he says. Mm -hmm. Oh, huh. and it's it's wonderful. I highly advise watching it because um, it's hilarious. Because the therapist, it's a it's a wonderful red herring, and it's like the entire episode. You know who fucking did it? <laughs> but yeah, it's fucking great. To just and it's a really good take on this, sir. Please stop talking. Their families are crying. Yeah. Um, Jody is great. I thought the I little love girl that was Jody, creepy. Oh, I love that Jody. I'm sorry. No, keep going. Keep I love that Jody like knew something was afoot and immediately knew to call Bobby. Yes. Yeah. She's a capable one. That one. Mm hmm. It's almost like she's a cop. 
Yeah. Yeah. And a she's a cop. She's a sheriff. <laughs> in the town of Sioux Falls, which in the supernatural universe is two people in a hot pocket. They put googly eyes on the hot pocket so they wouldn't eat it during the winter. So It's like most of the population are just cheeseburger bites at the 7-Eleven. But then Jody actually ate half the hot pocket and they took her appendix as punishment. <laughs> yeah. So that's why she's in the hospital. More like an appendectomy. To me, and yeah, yeah. they took the, the pound of flesh and then they attached that to the hot pocket, and now it's half a hot Bruh. pocket and an appendix. If your appendectomy, like, it's a pound, adds up to, adds up to a pound of flesh, I need to see that doctor because they fucked you up. Yeah, well, that doctor did fuck you up. His name is Dr. Barnes. A.K.A. Dr. Sexy, A.K.A. the Leviathan the little girl possesses, because she thinks that surgeons just get just get to cut up whoever the fuck they want. Yeah. And um, he eats, he performs surgery on a woman, eats all her organs, and then Jody sees it. God, I was so scared for Jody the first time I watched this episode. Because, like, Supernatural loves to bring characters back to kill them. Um, yeah. And I, when the when the nurse and the doctor start putting her under, I was like, no, Jody, no. <laughs> Jody, no. I feel like they knew what they were doing when they were writing that scene because they were like, oh, we way too often kill somebody when we bring them back. Let's not do that this time. Jody, no. <laughs> Uh, but she gets out of there and she calls Bobby and then Bobby gets her out and I was like, oh, thank God, right? Thank God. Oh, yeah. I, my heart couldn't handle it. Um, yeah. Have we spent enough time talking about how the shows, the women on this show come in like three flavors? Already dead, in white, <laughs> and about to die. <laughs> no. <laughs> I meant... I oh feel God. like I'm right. She wasn't I feel like I'm right, right, wasn't she? Oh, she was so close yep. to death. Okay, they either come in mom, mom flavor, <laughs> bitch flavor. I feel like mom flavor is just Rocky Road. Possible sexual partner. Sometimes... <laughs> I feel like all three of these are just Rocky Road. Sometimes bitch flavor and possible sexual partner overlap. Yeah. Never do mom flavor and possible sexual partner overlap. But sometimes bitch flavor and mom flavor do overlap occasionally. Yeah. I feel like there's a, for a Freudian trip and in there somewhere. Also, all three of them are Neapolitan. Come on. Come on. <laughs> there is a fourth flavor that we actually get introduced to this season. And the fourth flavor was kind of Joe, but they also wanted to have it both ways. Yeah, it's like an anime, you know. Think, She's a little sister you want to fuck. So the fourth flavor yeah. is a sorbet. Yeah, yeah, and that sorbet, a raspberry sorbet, or lemon. I think this. Oh, it's a lemon ice, right? Yeah. Ooh, ooh. You know like what the Italian fourth ice. flavor is? Ooh, the fourth flavor is the uh, Nestle. Um, drumsticks that you get in a gas station for way oh, too much money. The filling? Yes. Yeah. That's why you just buy a box of them and keep them in your a house. Caramel, a, a caramel surprise. 
Hell yes. Yeah. Oh, God. That's what the fourth flavor is. Um, Jody falls squarely into the mom flavor of ice cream, um, which is the vanilla of the Neapolitan. You know, everybody shits on vanilla, but it's a solid flavor. It is a solid flavor. Oh, yeah. And Jody's a solid character. She's, Hell she's yeah. steady. She's got some spicy notes in that she's played by Kim Rhodes. Um, mm. I'm so excited that we get to do my dream Let's Shag Ass episode, which is, of course, every episode of The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody and uh, The oh, Sweet God. Life of Zach and Cody on deck. <laughs> so pumped about it. Um, now that she's a regular on the show, or now that she's coming back, I'm just so excited to get to experience that with you, my two co-hosts who I care about, and also my listeners. If you want to listen to our Sweet Life of Zach and Cody marathon, check out our Patreon, where for $3 a month, you can get access to Let's Shag Ass, the other show we do, where we watch things that supernatural actors have been in that aren't supernatural. So. All right, let's talk about the fact that Bobby's house gets destroyed. (laughs) Yeah, that shit sucks. Yeah, this is the status quo change that I was talking about. Ah, Can we okay. call this episode Bobby's House Gets Lit? <laughs> I want to call this episode The Four Flavors of Women. Let's call it Bobby's, Bobby's House Gets Lit, colon, The Four Flavors of Women. Oh, God. That's, <laughs> those are not two sentences that go great together. No. <laughs> We could put a semicolon. Women come in way, it's like two flavors. separate ideas. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. That sounds like the title of a fucking incel Sex thread. Tape. It does. Oh, God. All right, I know you've been on Reddit a lot. Have you been on the red pill? The fuck is wrong no, with you? No, I avoid that, like, play, because I want to I wanna live. <laughs> I want to live. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, You're so right, though. <laughs> Travis, what do you want to call this episode? What title do you want to call it? I have no fucking clue. Don't call it the first episode of season seven. Don't do that to me. <laughs> we could call it the first episode of season seven, colon, Bobby Houses Get Lit. Semicolon. Colon, the four flavors, the four of, flavors women. of women. <laughs> Just stupidly, ridiculously Just long. So title. long. I, I do like our long titles. We have we have a few good long titles. Yes, I agree. Yeah, we do. What's listeners, what's your favorite episode title? <laughs> Let it be this one. Add us on Twitter. My favorite episode title that we have is um God is not David Decupney in a Slayer t shirt featuring Dual yeah. Fucking Aldridge. <laughs> You have to say that was a good thing. one. That, I think that might be our longest one so far, and and therefore it the is. best one. So I think what we can yeah. conclude from this is that uh, episode l- title lengths are what make an episode title good. Yeah. Uh, oh wait, therefore... wait, no, no, no. Here's here's a longer one. Something something queer undertones. Something something monsters are gay. <laughs> oh, I also like um, hunting friends eating people. The family business. Uh, if you can't handle me at my Twilight, you don't deserve me at my Anne Rice. Yeah, that Ooh, one is good. That's a good one, too. Let us know, listeners. Let us know. Let us know in the comments below. Yeah. 
Ring that bell, bitch. Ring that bell. <laughs> it's an old black Serena coming. Okay. Um, that is a thing on Spotify, though. And you can ring bells on Twitter. Yep. I mean, I can ring bells whenever I get one. Mm-hmm. So, and every time you ring a bell, a YouTuber gets really uppity at a poor customer service rep because they won't give them free shit because they're influencers or whatever. Yeah. I was going to say, every time you ring a bell, a YouTuber gets demonetized. Is that a more of an Instagram thing? I feel like influencers are more of an Instagram thing. Or a tick, ticker talk. They are. Influencer is just the term for any teenager who has more than a million social media followers. Oh, okay. Well. Nah, I'd, I'd venture like a, a thousand and any sort of entitlement issues. Ah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm an influencer. If you combine oh God, all of are my we influencers, no, God, no. I hope not. We influence. Hey, the only thing if we've we ever influence influenced, to do is- if you're listening to this right now, and we've ever influenced you to do anything, one, stop. Yeah. stop. <laughs> Two, don't tell us it. Don't tell them it was us. <laughs> the, only, the only thing we've ever influenced somebody to do is we've influenced teenagers to keep doing drugs, and also, I guess, people to give supernatural a second chance. And honestly. Maybe I regret both of those decisions. No, I'm just... I think we also influenced someone to make an American Dad podcast. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, we did do that. That that I'm proud of. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. That, I, that I'm proud of. Same as Yeah. So, what... Um, what else, dear friends? What else? Oh, yeah, Bobby's house gets destroyed. Yeah. Bobby's kind of so, missing. That's not good. Is Bobby's he, missing? Is he dead? Yeah, we didn't find him at the end of the episode. They were, I thought he made it out somewhere with Jody. No, we don't get to see. We only get to see, like, a... Uh, we get kind of, a, like, a cliffhanger mm-hmm. and a stinger with Edward... Or what's his name? Is it Edward? It's Edgar. I feel like it's Edward. Edgar, yeah. uh, him getting pancaked and then like sucking his fluids back up inside himself. We don't get to see anything else with Bobby. Yeah. Uh. So Bobby confronts Edgar as like, or no, he confronts um, Doctor Sexy as yeah. uh, an FBI agent who's looking at mm. the autopsy of the woman that Doctor Sexy killed and ate all the, um, you know, organs. Ate out all of. the good stuff. Yeah. And Doctor Sexy's yeah. like, oh, you're Bobby Singer. We saw you through. The angel. The angel's eyes. Mm-hmm. And um, and Bobby Singer is like, oh, well, that's that's comforting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is something I definitely enjoy. And then he shoots Doctor Sexy in the head, and Doctor Sexy walks it off. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no, no! He brings Doctor Sexy with like something silver, and no, yeah, it was effect. like a meat mallet. Yeah, yeah. no effect at all. And um, that's and Bobby calls Dean to be like, "Uh oh, spaghettios." <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we see like Bobby like driving off. Yeah, and that's the last we see of him. And then Sam and Dean yeah. get to the the salvage yard, and the house is blown up. And then they get confronted by Edgar, and apparently Edgar's boss, picture not found, <laughs> is like, "Y'all are important enough." Are competent enough that we have to kill you. So you know, take comfort in that. 
and mm, then Sam and Dean proceed coffee. to get their asses kicked. Yeah. Which I'm not going to lie, was pretty satisfying to see. I think more of this show I, should be Sam and Dean getting their asses kicked. I will say, I loved that scene. I fuck it. it was cool as shit because, like, Dean had already, like, fuck his leg up. Mm-hmm. And, uh,. Dean, or Sam notices like the car hanging and they both kind of notice at the same time and like Sam's like Dean now and then Edgar punches Dean or Sam straight in the face and Sam just takes it like like a fucking pro he takes that hit like a good professional quarterback stays in the pocket gets the snap off or gets the pass off and then uh, Edgar gets fucking flattened yeah hell yeah I thought it was perfect um I really like one of the things that I appreciate about the Leviathans is that they are so calm. You know, it's yeah. weird. They're they're like a, a ship in a stormy sea. Yeah, just like trucking on, just keeping afloat and shit. Yeah, but I yeah. liked that, and then I also liked. Um, so the so the Leviathans when they're about to do their 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 munching on people, um, when they're about to just just eat some bones, right? Which again mm. would listen to a Leviathan ASMR mukbang um, where they ate oh, God. people. I think that would, especially if I had headphones, I think that'd be very satisfying. But they like their head, their jaw dis dis. Uh, what what's the word I'm Distends. looking for? Distends from their from the top of their head, and then they've got like teeth. Mm. They got a bunch of teeth, a little rows of teeth, oh, yeah. and then they're um, they're they, they throw their tons. head back and they do like a metal scream, yeah. like the dude from Disturb at the beginning of that song that goes wah. Yeah, they go <laughs> and then yeah, they yeah. and then they they get to chomping. And um, yeah. you know what they kind of remind me of? Uh, they kind of remind me of like a, the, the the effect really reminded me of the thing. You know, the part where um, the doctor gets his arms bitten off? Mm-hmm. Oh, where the dude, like, his middle opens up yeah. and bites him? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I could see that. I thought, if we're going to do, like, an 80s horror pull, I really got, like, xenomorph vibes. Okay. Like, the smaller mouth, not not necessarily the big mouth. Yeah. But I could definitely see the thing as well. Um, I, I got the thing, but I also will go ahead and say I got the feeling from um the chompers in Mario mm. Kart that are on the chain. Ah yeah. Oh the chain chops. Yeah, the, the balls, yeah, I can see that the, too. The ball and chain boys that will eat mm-hmm. you. Um I got that feeling as well. And I can't decide if yeah. that effect is awesome or so cheesy it's lame. And I think it might be kind of both. It's know? a little bit of both. It, it's a little bit when of I both. saw it when I saw it, I was like, oh, man, 14-year-old Travis would have loved the shit out of that. Yeah, that's the goofiest yeah. fucking thing I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> Did either of you watch the Langoliers? Uh, yes, but it's been a minute. It's a Stephen Just King. Just Google Langoliers. It's, yeah, it it's is. a Stephen King vehicle, and it's not one of his better movies, so that oh, means God, it's no. terrible. <laughs> It is god awful. It's too long, yeah. but the effect is very similar to what they did in like the nineties with that. Yeah, it's not um, very cheesy. Yeah, the worst thing I've ever seen. Mm. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it the best. Well, it's 
it's very B movie, and that's what I appreciate about it is that they're like, you know what, fuck it, we're just gonna have fun with it and see what the fuck happens. Yeah. And so far, it's kind of panned out and been pretty rad. There are worse. There are uh, worse. I need to read maybe. this headline right quick from WorldNewsDailyReport.com. Uh, three Texas clowns accused of terrorist plot for planning to throw cream pies at Donald Trump during rally. Nice. Uh, so. Oh man, and, that went very different from how I thought it was going to go. That's why I read it. Okay. I was like, fuck, that is not what I expected. Well, let's uh, wrap this baby up. So yeah. let's, ep- let's wrap up this burrito. The episode ends with Sam and Dean being taken to the same hospital that the Leviathans are at. They're panicking. Oh, yeah, because mm. they've been knocked knocked out. Yeah. And then Sam wakes up and he sees Lucifer in the back of the ambulance. And Lucifer goes, so I'm not real. But I'm not going anywhere either. Um <laughs> Which definitely, you know, sets up there's going to be more Lucifer shenanigans. So that's that's a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, again, this episode's just a 10 out of 10. Absolutely. It is solid. Next week. Oh, boy. Uh, I really hope next week we see Sam turn to San Pell and say, Lucy, you got some splaining to do. <laughs> I hope that never happens. I hope we it already does. had the Lu- the I love Lucy reference in season five when Gabriel screams, "Lucy, I'm home!" In the uh, yeah, we could do it in again. the yeah, Pantheon episode. Yeah. Um, I just want to say that I'm looking forward to next week because I've been wanting to discuss this episode since this uh, podcast came into existence. So, oh man, we'll we'll talk oh, about man. it. We'll talk about it later on Hey Ass, but um, any final thoughts, questions, concerns, hopes, dreams, critiques? I'm excited for the rest of the fucking season. Yes, me too. Mm -hmm. You know... I think Fresh Eyes is what this season needed. Yeah, I was about to say, Ben, because you weren't a fan of season seven when we started the show. You said it was like your least favorite season, right? I really did, but I think having to trudge through season six and actually have to watch it, you know, it's like, you know what? I can really appreciate the show going back to its roots and what it was supposed to be, which is just a bunch of like B horror movie references and ideas. I saw, I was listening to one of our earlier episodes. I think it was the first episode actually that we did. And I said that I liked season six and I think what changed my mind is I, I binged season six and I binged season seven and now I'm having to go through it week by week and it's putting a new perspective on things. Yeah, yeah and definitely. I'm interested in seeing like seasons eight and nine and seeing if going through it slower changes my mind because mm-hmm. um, as I've said yeah. before, not a fan of season nine, you know, so we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see how those seasons change as we go. Yeah, along. our perspectives on them, and I'm I'm really interested in seeing yeah. that as well. Um, all right, I think that's uh, I think that's it. Yeah. What's the next season or next episode called? The Girl Next Door. Travis, what's it about? The Girl Next Door. Sam and Dean walk in. On Bobby and Jody. Bounce, go, wow, wow. 
Sorry. That's it. That's the episode. <laughs> oh, Jody's the girl next door. Oh, the secret I mean, technically, flavor. <laughs> yeah, Sioux Falls is a small enough town. That makes sense. Oh, just it's not. It's not a small <laughs> town. It's only well in the show. It, it is. It's only yeah, a in small town in Supernatural, where it's ten people, half a hot pocket, half an appendix, and Jody Mills. <sighs> <laughs> So a pound of flesh and Jody Mills. A pound of flesh, Jody Mills. All right. Well, Travis, I don't know if that's going to happen, but if it does, we'll talk about it next week on Hey Ass Butt. Yeah. Thank y'all so much for listening. Y'all know the deal. Hit us up on social media at Habcast on Twitter and Insta, and then Hey Ass Butt, a supernatural podcast on Facebook. Um, you can find us at our website, Habcast.com, where you can also find a link to our Patreon, where for $3 a month, Y'all heard earlier, you get access to Let's Shag Ass, where we watch things that supernatural actors have been in that are not supernatural. Um, last month, we recorded Ten and Shiro for Jensen Ackles. The month before that, we recorded another Cinderella story for Emily Perkins and Catherine Isabel. If you want to hear our thoughts, go, go, go donate money and, you know, help us keep the show running. Um, thank you so much for listening, and until next time, have fun. And don't die. Bye. Sorry. Put that back. Were you recording that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs>